Whenever you're ready, then, Helen. Let's see, completed series first. I will never remember the order we do this shit in. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, And there's our bumper, isn't it? Maybe don't make me spell it out for you. All of the feelings that I got for you. Can't be explained, but I can try for you. Yeah, baby, don't make me spell it out for you. You keep on asking me the same questions. Why? And second guessing all my. Welcome back, everyone. Uh, thank you for holding tight and staying strong while we take a longer-than-usual break in between episodes of Manga in Your Ears. Uh, my name is Helen. Corey and April are with me, as usual. Hi, everybody. Hello. And we have decided to discontinue being gay on this podcast, because why not? <laughs> so for our completed series this week, we're talking about the one-shot The Cat Proposed by Dento Hayane. And then for our ongoing series, we're talking about I Think Our Son is Gay by Okura, who previously did uh, That Blue Sky Feeling. Although, ironically, only one volume of that one is out in the U.S. yet anyway, so we're just talking about essentially two volumes. <laughs> but to go on, uh, The Cat Proposed is, um, well, we finally had to do it. We, we finally broke down and read something from Tokyo Pop because Tokyo Pop is putting out an awful lot of BL and Yuri, and some of the titles are catching my attention, you know? Just, man, their print quality is shit, though. <laughs> <laughs> It's a good thing I like this story so much, or else I would feel even more conflicted about buying this. But The Cat Proposed is a story of, let's see, is that Matai? Matoi Sota, who's been working this dead-end corporate office job. It's really stressful. It's gotten to the point where he's thinking about maybe stepping in front of a train. He pulls himself back, though, and he goes, okay, yeah, I am too tired. I'm going to go chill in this local theater until I'm feeling, you know, a little more awake to take the train home yeah and so um he's watching someone do um like um a one-act play it's not rakugo but it's in a very similar vein to rakugo and so he's watching and he's dozing off and then holy shit that guy's a cat head and he's like okay i am definitely not awake yet need to like just keep chilling and afterwards the performer comes up to him and says oh yeah i saw you reacting and he's like oh yeah that's just because oh god he's got a cat head again oh god <laughs> And that time he actually does pass out. So what it, um, it turns out that the um, actor is actually a bakeneko, you know, someone who can shapeshift between being a cat and a person. Originally a cat, you know, you live long enough, you gain strange powers. You know, totally true. Um, and he says that, oh, yeah, you found out my secret now. So now we have to, you know, kind of be involved in like a contract, you know, yada, yada, yada. So we're going to get married. What? 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 You do understand I'm a guy. Yes, that's not a problem. What? 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 <laughs> and it's a, I thought it was a pretty sweet BL story of just um, getting to know both of these characters and having them both be like, actually, I kind of like this idea of a relationship and with a good smattering of supernatural occurrences in there. So since I forced you two to read this, um, what did you guys think? Um, I thought it was cute. So as always, I somehow never read the backs or the um the synopsis or anything like that i tend to jump into things blind um and i thought that it was cute and i feel like uh the story wrapped itself up pretty well in one volume like i feel like it 
um, it's what I can't remember exactly how many chapters it is, but I didn't feel like anything was lingering at the end. Um, I like the relationships between the characters because there aren't very many characters to begin with, and there's no like side relationships or side characters really, maybe one or two. Um, but yeah, I, I thought it was cute. I enjoyed seeing the two characters kind of get to know each other and um, their relationship change from there, and I appreciated that the main character was an office worker. So. <laughs> Yeah, I agree. Uh, the way that I don't know what the other the Bakeneko's character's name is because Tokyo Pop's website is it's not. It's not on the back of the phone. Yeah, so I'm having to change really fast right now. Yeah, I assume I assume what's on their website is also what's on the back of the volume, and it it doesn't say the name, which is very annoying, but whatever. Um, but that character, he's he seems kind of airheadish, and he forgets to mention that, like, oh, we just have to get married for ceremony. We can still get divorced if we want to. Uh, oh, no, I, I think that was a very deliberate omission. I don't think that was being airheaded. <laughs> um, no, but he... <laughs> He doesn't mention it, which is the setup for the for the whole story. And Sota is now uh, under the impression that he has to just be wedged to this person for their entire lives. Um, and I kind of like that little twist there, where uh, whatever his reasoning behind not mentioning that is, um, we, along with Sota, are learning the processes of uh, keeping this Bakeneko secret secret, um, and that adds enough enough of a twist to pull forward the story alongside just this bugging relation to these people. Two folks who literally don't know each other, um, but they're slowly falling in love. It's very nice. I found his name. The Bakaneko's name is Kihachi. Yeah, so yeah, we get a bit of Kihachi's backstory with how exactly a cat becomes a Bakaneko, you know, and why exactly he's uh, I mean, it it sounds like it's not necessary for him to live in the human world, but he is living and working as an entertainer in the human world. So we get, you know, a sense of his personality, yada, yada, yada. Um, like April said, there's no side relationships to focus on. There's not too many side characters as well. So the whole thing wraps up rather satisfactory in one mm, slightly chunkier than usual manga volume. I've got the physical version, so... <laughs> It's got some of the, like, normal, not normal, but kind of the typical fantasy crappings that you see in manga and anime where it's like, oh, you saw, you were able to see me in my cat form because you were so close to death. And that's not just because he was about to jump in front of a train, it's because he is so sleep-deprived and overworked that his body is literally just going to nope out of here. Yeah, I think he goes to a doctor and doctor's like, oh yeah, you had a mini-stroke. You seem to be fine, but you should really take off work for a while. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that trope is... It's older than, like, modern fiction. That one goes back into folklore. Like, how many stories can you think of, you know, with one spouse who's a human and one who's a supernatural entity? And there's always some rules involved in, you know, revealing their secrets or not being allowed to know at all. Yeah, true. So it's it's a very tried and true storytelling setup for a reason, you know? A couple hundred years in still works. I think leaning on that, too, makes it just easier to be able to digest everything that's going on in that world. Like, we don't really have to learn a lot of new stuff about it. We're just leaning on our uh, knowledge from stories that we've read in the past. That works out since it's only one volume. I wouldn't really want that world to be fleshed out any more than it was, and I don't remember how fleshed out it was at all, but um, just the the marriage aspect. is. Yeah, since we see a little bit more about how Bakinekos work in the society... Um, the, there's a like one offline about oh in cases of 
interspecies marriage is like this. We have the spouses assume the form of the other species. And so Sota gets turned into an adorable tabby at one point, which was all I wanted out of the series. <laughs> so I was very satisfied. That's right. I forgot about that. But yeah, I don't think it would have had enough to sustain a story beyond one volume. But that's my feeling on a lot of romance in general. You know, it takes a really thoughtful writer to figure out a way, you know, to make a romance keep going without it being a will they, won't they, or just becoming too, you know, repetitive and mundane. You know, in some ways it's easier for these stories to burn fast and burn bright, you know? Hmm. No, we need 16 volumes of Horimiya, and you need to shove that into 13 volumes of anime. That was a choice, and I'm still confused by that choice. <laughs> and I'm still sad, too, because that choice meant that they cut out some of my favorite skits. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, I, uh, Corey brought up the the world building, and yeah, there's not actually a lot. Like, now that I sit here and think about it, I don't think I remember very much of it. I mean, I know that there were, like, additional characters in the world, um, but I think only one character really... I don't even want to say they affect the plotting, because I don't know that they do. It's like Now that I think about it, I actually don't remember a lot of it. You just remember enough to, like, support the romance, pretty much, and then that's it, so... And I don't necessarily think that's a bad thing in this case. Um, but, I, yeah, I think about it, I don't remember a whole bunch of it. Oh, and in case anyone thinks this is too tame, uh, there are the beginnings of some sex scenes in here. So, you know, if you, if you want a little bit of spicy content, you get, like, a little bit of spicy content. <laughs> it was so funny. I was recently doing my panel on shoujo manga at Otakon, and someone was saying, oh, yeah, such and such is published on the shoujo beat line. They only publish shoujo. And I'm like, you have to understand Sometimes they publish really spicy titles in there, like that new Yakuza Lover one, where there's just full-on sex in there, and they still put that on the Shoujo Beat line. <laughs> this is for teen girls. What are you talking about? I mean, it's true. As a teenage girl, I had to read Clan of the Cave Bear when I was in high school in the sequels, which did involve, like, five-page sex scenes, and they were very bad, boring sex scenes as well. But, you know, that was not my choice. <laughs> but anyway, um, even though this is a Tokyo Pop title, and I think all three of us feel... A bit conflicted about supporting Tokyo Pop, <laughs> you know, given their, like, their initial dissolution, you know, dissolution was years ago, and there's still creators who signed on with them to do OELs who still haven't gotten their rights back because the contracts were just that predatory. So we all feel conflicted about supporting them to a degree, I think, but this one is, you know, a pretty nice story, you know. Maybe you can find it, like, secondhand in a bookstore or something where Tokyo Pop's not getting any more revenue off of it, you know? Yeah, and uh, I bought this when, like, the end of the last recording when it was, like, $2 on Amazon digitally. Um, so that I would say that's a good way to uh, to get it. Just keep refreshing that page and hope that it goes on sale again, which I assume it would at some point. <laughs> yeah, I think that's... I happened to pick it up for the same price. Yeah, it's just one of those really awkward things sometimes about being a fan of media. It's, you know, you sort of get one shot at buying something... Like, if it's being put out by a publisher you don't like or, you know, something else, you don't really have another chance to buy it and support it a different way. And that's that's frustrating at times. And we just all have to figure out ways to explain it to ourselves in our wallets, I guess. Yep. Although that's a lot easier to do when it's only three bucks. <laughs> so. Yeah. Yeah. Well, with that, I think we're going to take a break and then come back for more gayness. Intentions. Should go by the way I use my compression. That you got the answers to my confessions It's like I'm powerful with a little bit of tender And emotional sexual vendor Mess me up, yeah, but no one does it better There's nothing better That's just the way you make me feel 
we're back, and we're going to talk about I Think Our Son is Gay by Okura, as Helen said. Um, the, also the author of That Blue Sky Feeling. This one is published by Square Enix Manga, which I think is something that we've talked about, something like Square Enix Manga. Um, but they're a newer publisher uh, in comparison to all the other ones that we've been talking about. Uh, yeah, they were one of, like, four new publishers that sprung up last year. Yeah. Although this reminds me, I should get you guys reading The Apothecary Diaries, because that series is cute and fun. I have that one. I'll have to read it. Put that it's on got some list. real good faces in there. Okura's also got some real good faces in here as well, though. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, for this one, the title pretty much says it all it's from the mother's point of view, and she thinks her son is gay. Uh, my reading of this is the title is a, a little tongue-in-cheek. It's more like she wants verbal confirmation that her son is gay, but it's pretty obvious that her son is gay. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, I don't know. Besides that, it's uh, it's really cute. It's really funny. I liked it a lot, and I would like to read more, and I don't really know what else to say about it, but what did you two think? <laughs> I feel like I'm going to say the same thing that I just said about the last series, but I thought it was really cute. Like, I, I just... Um, I don't know. I feel like I, I read every chapter a little short and sort of had I, I related to the character, but it also left me with like warm feelings, I guess, even though that's a really awkward stage. It's it's funny because he thinks that he hides it really well. And it's easy to think that when you're that age, but he's really actually really bad at hiding it. And then he makes such a big deal out of like going back to correct himself. Like when he says boyfriend or something else that may hint that he's gay, he's really, really quick to correct it. And I don't think that he realizes that his mother already knows his dad is a different story, but his, his mother, I think at least his younger brother, I think also probably knows at this point. Mm -hmm. Yeah. His younger brother is pretty taciturn, but he also sees, you know, his older brother, um, you know, not going gaga, but, you know, really admiring, you know, the boys are playing at Koshian and, you know, their strong muscles on screen or hearing his brother say, Oh yeah, I would love to have a boyfriend who cooks for me someday. Girlfriend, no, girlfriend, I'm, I'm at girlfriend. <laughs> what are we talking about? <laughs> yeah, a recurring joke where he says boyfriend and then he says, no, I mean girlfriend. And uh, the mom is like, it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> or when he brings it. over a male classmate, his mom is thinking, oh, is this the boy he has a crush on? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then I think that one, one of the chapters he gets, uh, or they get a little charm thing, and they're both hanging <clears throat> on their bags, but he doesn't want to seem like a dork so uh, his mom sews it on the inside which is just a cute little thing at that age seem too we too dorky but uh you still want to have that connection tangible connection i feel like his mom very attentive to him even if um he doesn't realize like always kind of thinking about what is he thinking or how is this relationship at school going or just like if it feels like she just wants to get to know who he is. I mean, we don't really have a view into the father's point of view, but at least from his mother, it seems like she just really wants not only just to to know if her son is gay, which, I'm, again, she probably knows, but it's more that she just wants to know, like, who he is and try to support him and be there for him. And that's the part of that's the part of this that I really enjoyed. Yeah, she seems like a really good ally parent. You know, it reminds me of you sometimes see people online saying, I came out to my parents and they said, oh, yeah, we already know. And th mm -hmm. this would certainly go that same way. <laughs> it is it is kind of funny that he thinks he's being so crafty when he's just being like really obvious. I was thinking back to when I was his age and it's like I, I was just so much more suspicious and like <laughs> private in general. Like 
I was much better at hiding things from my parents back at that point. <laughs> yeah, this guy does not seem like he's someone who could hide any emotion that he has on his face. <laughs> it's a fair point. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I think the greatest bit of conflict going forward is going to be the dad, since the mom has sort of broached the subject around him of, oh, yeah, what if one of our sons turned out to be gay? And the dad seems very opposed to it. And so we can't tell yet if he's going to turn out to be like a raging homophobe or if he's just sort of against the idea at first. But then once he thinks it over, goes, oh, yeah, I guess that's OK. Since there are some folks out there like that as well. And I don't think the story is going to take a turn for the sad and depressing. But um, it's only one very short volume and we don't have the second one out yet. So can't tell if it's just going to do anything weird later on. Yep. Yeah, the dag seem to be a guy that's just as the casual homophobia from never meeting any gay people in his life. That he knows of. Yeah, hopefully he'll be uh, be able to be swayed around if his son outs himself as ever. I mean, how could you not want your child to be happy? That's one thing I never understand about homophobic parents. <laughs> you want God to be unhappy, Helen? <laughs> God can go fuck himself. <laughs> that has been my opinion since I was 16. <laughs> my parents were well aware of this opinion, but... <laughs> I appreciate, you You mentioned it before, but I appreciate their relationship with the little brother. The, the little brother is just like, mm, he knows what's up. So he's, he, it doesn't like bother him and he sees the slips that his brother makes and he's always kind of there and aware of things. I appreciate that. I appreciated that about the little Yeah, he definitely feels like the kind of younger sibling who's going to be like, gosh, my my older brother, he's just so uncool. Oh. <laughs> but, <laughs> but it's not a bad family dynamic, especially since the dad isn't present a lot of the time it seems like he's probably away on work a lot maybe like working somewhere else it seems like that's the kind of dynamic going on so yeah this is a cute good book and yep. i'm going to be reviewing it very soon partially because justin forgot to include it in an earlier shipment so i was not able to get it out for <laughs> gay month of june but oh well <sighs> Uh, you know, every month is gay month on this podcast. This is true, but I wanted to be extra gay with my reviews in June, you know? Fair, fair. Uh, well, did anyone else, or any, either of you, have anything else on this uh, on this series before we shut down this episode? Yay, no, I think we've, Yeah, I think we've had a cute-themed cute episode, at least for me, so, <laughs> yeah. I agree. Uh, well, where can we find both of you on the internet? You can find me on Twitter at Mangioren. I'm still, I'm still there. I say that every time. I think that's just my sign off at this point. Like, <laughs> that's the only thing I can think of. But yeah, you can find me there. You can also find me on Twitter at Wandering Dreamer. And like I just alluded to, you can also find my reviews of manga and light novels over at theosg.com. And I'm also on their podcast. We'll have an episode dropping recently. And wow, there were just a lot of licenses in the past two weeks. <laughs> Just a surprising amount of time had to be spent on just going through all everything that was licensed over the past two weeks. Yeah, I guess that's what happens when you have a con. I mean, there, there wasn't even a lot there since there was only the discotheque thing at uh, Otakon. Although the, the, the discotheque thing was wild. I was in the room and that was fun. Alright, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you can find me on Twitter at ImpassionateK. You can find this podcast on Twitter at Mongering Your Ears. And you can find all of our episodes over at TaikuPodcast.com. That is T-A-I-I-K-U. And uh, we'll say goodbye for now. Bye, everybody. Bye. Damn. That's just the way you make me feel.